Hey guys, and welcome back to Leia Inspired Podcast. Super excited to have all of you. So this podcast is powered by Icon Plus. So I'm gonna give you guys a really quick Icon news announcement. So exciting news from the Icon Foundation. South Korea's largest job portal, Saramin HR and Icon Loops will utilize the Icon's public blockchain to tackle and detect forgery and fraud in the recruitment industry. So some exciting news there. So today I have a really cool guy on the show. If you don't know, it's somebody that's grown his Twitter account just in 2020 in the last five months from zero to almost 30K. So it is fitness coach, Dan Go. Hey, how are you doing? What is going on? Nice to see you and all of the people who are watching this. Yeah, yeah we've got nice quite a few here. viewers right now. Yeah, it's great to have yeah. you. So this is really cool, actually, because you grew your Twitter account um, in literally just five months. Yeah. So what the hell? How did you do that? How did you go from, because I found you at 5K. Um, mm. You're nearly at 30. You're definitely going to overtake me. I know it. So like, huge congrats. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you doing it? uh it is a lot of it's like a full-time job let's just say that and um when i got into twitter in the first place i think it was april it was right before my daughter was going to get born literally actually did the, the accounts got born when i was in the delivery <laughs> wow. room yeah so we just put uh, an epidural in my wife because she was feeling like super pain and then Stop. and then once it started to do its thing she started to calm down i was tweeting like crazy and uh Wait, how did your wife first... feel about you tweeting while she's going through she... labor well the funny thing is is that when covid hit all... it actually was very scary right because i got all my clients from say like facebook and all this kind of stuff and if you don't know i help entrepreneurs with their fitness and all this kind of stuff and when that happened it was a very scary kind of like situation obviously everyone's kind of like not signing up i had a couple of clients cancel on me and I was just like, what the heck am I going to do now? And Twitter was just one of those things that was just lying there in which I had always seen it as a platform in which I wanted to spread my ideas, but never really took it seriously. And then once my baby was about to come out and COVID hit, I was like, fuck it. Let's just start tweeting on Twitter. And uh, one of the first people I talked to was Ed Lattimore. And uh, yeah, he was yeah, mentoring yeah. me the whole time. And, and actually, Zuby. Zuby was one of the other guys who kind of like helped me push me in the path that I'm on right now. So what is like the main thing that you've learned about growing an audience? Because a lot of people want to grow an audience, whether they want to admit it or not, um, yeah. people want to grow an audience. And I keep hearing, there's a lot of money Twitter. So you know how there's like money Twitter, yeah. crypto Twitter, politics Twitter. So <laughs> money Twitter, I saw a guy sort of say, if you want to grow your audience, you have to speak in absolutes. Um, mm. Is that just bullshit or is that actually something here? <laughs> there is something to that because the way that I tweet is, somewhat ambiguous and okay. uh, I will go into absolutes and uh, I think one of the things I tweeted today was loneliness is just a sign that you're not friends with yourself and when I say something like that and when I say something in such an absolute way it brings so many different variations of people's reactions so I leave my tweets like very ambiguous because even if I was very detailed in what I was going to say, people are just going to take it and see it in their own perception. So I'm just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to say exactly what is on my mind. And I tweet from the hip like crazy. Like a lot of the tweets that I come up with or whatever, it's just like something that pops up in my mind. I'm just like, shoot it off. And when I do that, I don't care about the response. I just, I know people are going to respond either negatively or positively, but they're going to respond with their own mirror. 
essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's true. I hear you. I think like people often sort of, um, you know, you can explain something so simply, like I've seen it yeah. and you like, it doesn't even need that much explanation. You just sort of say it and it's still taken the wrong way. So I think there's something powerful in sort of leaving it quite ambiguous, I guess. Absolutely. I believe that you sh everyone should leave their tweets ambiguous. I believe no one should leave any details towards them because, again, people are just going to take it with their own eyes. And, you know, one person can feel the elephant and be like, oh, it's like it's whatever it is. The other person can feel the trunk and think it's like a completely different animal. So I'm, I'm just like humans are perception machines. So why not just give them what they want? I have a question then. Um, this is quite actually interesting for me to ask you. Um, I'll yeah. tell you after why I asked this question, but do you ever get like any hate on Twitter or do you get yeah. any? You do, yeah. I've never seen oh, yeah. it. What do you get? What's people's uh, problem with you? <laughs> uh, okay, so you get like the low level stuff, like people just saying, well, I'm so disappointed you said that, therefore I'm oh, unfollowing no. you. And then, and then- It's the announcement that they're unfollowing. It's the it announcement. It's like, well, what? Well, thank you for tweeting this so I don't have to, and, I'm, and you want to respond, like the, the visceral side of me wants to respond back, right? Yeah. The human nature side of me. So I've also had hate where people literally message me and they're like, fuck off, right? Really? And I'm just oh like, I, I didn't even do that, you know? And But honestly, girls get it much worse than guys do. Like they, they do. Oh, I've yeah. seen the messages. I've seen the messages. It's it's horrid. So yeah. I, I get that I get my hate, but you know, <laughs> I think I think uh, Twitter profiles like yourself, you probably get a little bit more creepy, creepy stuff going. But for me, I get I get a good amount of hate, but it's usually about one percent of the stuff that I tweet out, or one percent of the people that interact with my tweets. So ninety nine, yeah. ninety nine out of a hundred, I'm getting everyone that's just like either contributing to the conversation or uh, or agreeing with me or or disagreeing in a very cool way, right? Okay. Uh, and then for the people that just hate, um, I personally feel that they are living in a in a reality in which it is hell for them already, for yeah. them to spit vitriol to you, for them to hate on you, right? So I just block, I ignore, and the human nature part of me actually wants to respond back to these motherfuckers, you know? Like I, I do, I do. Like it's all in us, like. We want to react, we want revenge, but then the greater side has to say that, you know, guess what? This is going to happen. This is the game you're playing. So suck it up, buttercup, ignore, block, move on. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that's a really good mentality, particularly because you've only been on the platform since I think we said April. Um, so like yeah. when I, um, we were sort of chatting earlier, just so everyone knows, uh, we were yeah. chatting earlier and I didn't actually answer your question because we had some technical issues. And you asked me, yeah. when did I first get on Twitter? And I've been on Twitter, I think, since like 2000 and I don't know, gosh, maybe 2000, I don't know, years, but I've never like made an effort to grow it until the whole Corona thing happened because I was like, what the hell, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> Let's grow mm. Twitter. Um, and when I did, I got a lot of hate. Um, mm. So it's just really interesting. And I think only more now, um, you know, I've interacted with quite a lot of different people and um, they've given me, you know, a lot of different advice, which is literally just, you know, don't worry about it. Just totally block and ignore, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, like you don't want to let them get to you and kind of ruin your shine. And that's what a lot of people do when they hate. They just want to make your days horrible. So the best the best revenge is just being really happy and just going about your day and still doing the work. You know? That's, yeah, absolutely. I, I like to say that Twitter is the ultimate shit test for yourself, right? 
It's like, how confident are you in yourself? How much do you care about other people's opinions? How much do you actually care? And then you will find that you'll get all these feelings. Like someone says something like really, you know, messed up to you or says something yeah. offensive or some says something that you feel offensive. Then I look at that when I get offended, I'm like, oh, why did I get offended by that? Is it because of what they said or is it because of something that's actually happening inside of me that gets offended that wants to be angry about this kind of stuff so I think it does like a practice a little bit yeah I think I think you're actually totally right and I think you often find that when somebody has um, an issue with you it's often just sort of like a projection of their own sort of inner self-conflict but I will just mention I have actually just switched my cameras so yeah. look at the quality it's just dropped I've had to switch my cameras can I you see like it I feel like your skin got darker so I feel the quality my like you know it's like you got more tan so the quality just increased right I'm, I know. I'm here pale right now so anytime someone's gonna get darker i'm just i'm just like yeah well my skin did get darker i don't know what happened yes. but anyway i want to talk to you about bitcoin right um because yeah. i'm a bitcoiner and yeah. the reason if anyone's confused why i brought a fitness guy on to a crypto-ish podcast is for one huge reason and the huge reason is literally that i think there's a synergy between um, crypto and, well, between Bitcoin and between health and fitness. And I think the synergy is that when you're in Bitcoin, you often refer to yourself as being red-pilled, right? So right. taking personal responsibility over your finances. Now right. there's health and fitness Twitter and whatever, and I find you guys are taking personal responsibility over your health. Um, right. There's synergies there, and we've been following each other for a few months, so I wanna get your opinion, right? Firstly. Do you own any Bitcoin? Are you even in Bitcoin? Like just simply to start. <laughs> you know when Bitcoin actually was about maybe two years ago when it was just yeah. like shooting to the stars, right? Yeah. Coinbase was up and I was buying as much Bitcoin as I could on Coinbase. And then oh, I, you was into, I, I was into the altcoins. I was into the altcoins okay. like huge. And uh, yes, I do have Bitcoin, uh, but it's not a large part of my portfolio. It's a part of where I feel like if it hits, then awesome. Yeah. If it doesn't hit, then I'm not going to be affected by it whatsoever. Uh, okay. But I have, yeah, yeah. But I still have these altcoins. I don't even. Which know altcoins do you have? What altcoins do you have? Shit. I'm Tell probably, <laughs> I'm probably gonna like. Okay, I'll look at my block folio right now. Wait, right. who are okay. you with? I already know. Okay, who did you say? Block folio. I'm just using you nice. Yeah, I'm probably looking like the biggest crypto noob, but fuck it. All right, so. It's okay. I, Wait, firstly, firstly, yeah. I just want to say, everyone yeah. show Dan go love, okay? Like, go follow him on Twitter. He's yeah, brilliant. He's really cool. And, like, he's interested in Bitcoin, so we need to just really appreciate that. He doesn't know huge amounts, but that's cool. He doesn't need to. Yeah. It's all about spreading yeah. the word. So, yeah. no pressure. Just tell us, okay. tell us your vibe. So, okay. so uh, the majority is in Bitcoin. Um, I would say half of what I have in the majority is in Ethereum. And okay, then the rest, cool. yeah, the rest are split between altcoins, which are like Monero, 0x, um, I forgot. Do you hold any link? Do you hold any link? Did you see like we were all talking I've, about link? I've, you know what? That's what made me kind of like under exuberant because everyone was tweeting about link and I heard about link from uh, my friend's <laughs> cottage. I was in my friend's yeah. cottage and we were just watching this um, this documentary and my friend's like, hey man, have you ever heard of Link? And yeah. then because I was part of the whole altcoin situation back then, you know, where everything was just like exuberant. After I heard that, yeah. I'm just like, I'm sorry, bro. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just checking out right now. I can't listen to this at this moment. I have no, 
know what? I don't want to put any more money into Bitcoin. So I have Walton Chain. I have um, yeah. OMG. I have Shift. Okay. Damn. LTG. Yeah. Like oh my coins. God. You yeah. have quite a lot. And what's the plan? Are you just going to sit on it or are you going to yeah. just sit on it and wait till the whole thing sort of explodes? Just sit right now. I have a, I mean, like the position is good enough that I feel if it, if it does hit, then I will, you know, it, it's going to be a pretty big takeaway. But yeah. if it doesn't hit, I'm not going to be searching for a second mortgage or anything like that. Okay. I'm not going to be, good. Yeah, it's not going to affect Never me in a personal way you know exactly never invest more yeah. than you're willing to lose so tell us exactly. how did you first hear about bitcoin and um, what's the story uh, okay so i first heard about bitcoin when my friend was buying shit off the dark web uh so so when he was, was on silk road silk road when silk road was still out yeah. and yeah, he would yeah, yeah. buy marijuana and all this kind of stuff before marijuana was legal i'm in canada so marijuana is yeah. legal here is and it legal throughout the entire country throughout the entire country but then um but then the weed's not that really, it's not that good because you have to smoke the government stuff. But anyways. Like, oh, that's okay. You can, you can smoke on. the government stuff. It's no good. You can yeah. admit that. <laughs> yeah. So, so I heard about it from my friend and my friend told me to put money into it. And I'm just like, well, fuck that. You know, this is a time when Bitcoin was like a hundred bucks a Bitcoin or something like that. I'm like, it's too risky, man. This is like years ago. And then, and then uh, when everyone was getting exuberant about two to three years ago, that's when I got really into it. That's when I got into the, like the, the Bitcoin Reddit, the cryptocurrency Reddit. I started to just do research on all these coins. I, or what yeah. I thought was research, right? <laughs> yeah, and then, you were getting scammed really, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of. So after I, I, I invested a pretty big amount into yeah. uh, cryptocurrency back then, and then, um, and then, Ever since then, I've just been, you know, we've seen Bitcoin go up to like 20K, went down to like whatever it was, 6K at the time. And after that point, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to let this ride. I'm not going to put more money into it and uh, just see exactly what happens with all this. Because usually when you read about the stories, the stories are, oh, I forgot I had this hard drive like 10 years ago. Yeah. And then I checked my hard drive and I had like five Bitcoins in there. So those are like the stories that kind of inspire me a little bit. So I'm just like, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to play around with it. I'm not going to like, uh, you know, what the day trade with it or whatever yeah, it is. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hold it and let it do its thing. Yeah. yeah don't you got weights to lift, you know, you yeah. got fitness oh, yeah. to get and all that stuff, I, which we're going to get yeah. into. So I, I want to talk about all of that. Um, sure. But I was going to ask you though, because I tweet a lot about crypto and we have like often like, back and forth kind of like banter or whatever. So yeah. I wanted to know, what is your opinion on crypto Twitter? Like, does it, because every, every, of course there are so many different niches, right? So you, like mm -hmm. I was saying, you've got politics, you've got feminist Twitter, you've mm -hmm. got all the, all these different things. So every, every sort of niche claims to be like the most dominant, the most powerful, the yeah. most annoying. But I yeah. really do think um, as much as I love this community, it, it, it could be, the most toxic community on on Twitter. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. Don't don't bite me. Um, I could be yeah. really wrong. But like, I just want to know your opinion. Like, I don't know. You're uh, on money Twitter and fitness Twitter, so which I, is worse? Which is better? Kind of. Well, let's just say you're biased to a certain degree. You know, okay. like a little bit. I, I I don't have a lot of uh, experience interacting with crypto Twitter. So the only things that come to me are the stuff that you post, or when crypto Twitter guys are getting into fights. Right. Uh, so, that's crypto, not good. so crypto Twitter, it reminds me a lot of science Twitter, right? Okay. 
And when I say by science Twitter, I, I'm speaking specifically from the fitness angle of things, not okay. from any other type of science. So we yeah. have a lot of intellectuals who are incredibly smart. Some of the smartest people in the fucking world. Yeah. Like bar none. I'm talking for the cryptocurrency space and the fitness uh, science space. These, but they have, it's hard for them to control emotions and to take people that disagree with them <laughs> to a certain degree, right? So, yes, I know what you're getting at. <laughs> so they're gonna like throw, like I have seen playground insults thrown from some of the smartest people I've ever seen on the planet. And it's only because they, they basically had this like, you know, beef or whatever with some other crypto guy or some other science guy. So my only experience with like, Crypto has been the positive stuff that you've been posting. And then in the in the odd time when drama happens, you know, I see that too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. I mean, somebody yeah. is just commenting now. I'm going to throw it up on the screen. Somebody oh, says, Crypto Twitter is passionate. It's the best <laughs> and the worst. No, you're fine. No one's in trouble. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. true. It is passionate. Um, it is the best and it is the worst. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you're getting out of the whole science thing. Um, I, yeah. I hear you. Um, it's, it's, I don't, I think it's, a fact of people just being ex just really exuberant about it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then you have people who are really exuberant about science and also like the different types of science and the different types of evidence. And then when one evidence doesn't match up to the other, that's when dissonance happens. And then they get into these arguments and they're like, no, my way is the best. And no, my, my crypto is the best, you know, and oh, like, yeah. all, all the cryptos are the best. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. You'll get in trouble. Careful, okay. Oh, careful, sure. careful. No, I'm joking. You're fine. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of want to move on a little bit um, because, yeah. like I said, you are a fitness coach. Um, you're very motivational. You know, it's always like, go chase your dreams every day. Get up. Go. Like, girl. Yeah. You know, it's constantly yeah. like. So I'm, I'm similar as well. And so I think that's kind of like where the synergy is. So I kind of want to get your opinion. Like, firstly, how are you constantly staying so active, so motivated? Um, you know, it's been difficult with everything that's going on with the whole coronavirus. Like you're hitting the gym. Like, mm. what is up? How are you just like foot on the gas all the time? Uh, I, well, I don't I don't feel like, like I am foot on the gas all the time. I, I really I actually do feel like I am a guy who really honors his rest and work periods a lot. So how am I able to kind of like say be stay productive and yeah. uh, kind of like stay high energy? Well, I have a thing which is like standards over schedule. So my standards okay. for me are to hit the gym four times a week to yeah. do heavy lifting, not for my body, that's for my body, but it's more for my brain and my sanity. I've gone from understanding that the workouts themselves, they're great from a physical standpoint, but they make you the smartest person that you can ever be. And they have the research to back this. So, so for me, I have a ton of reasons why I need to work out and keep myself active. And the reason I kind of like just am staying on this path. And even when I got, let's just say like 5,000 followers, if I've made, you know, whatever, seven figures or do, or do anything, my whole thing has been mission based. It has been to help as many people as humanly possible. And I have a specific number, which I'm not going to, which I'm not going to announce, but I have a specific number in my mind of which, of how many people's lives that I want to change. So for me, every time I wake up and every time I post on Twitter, I am always uh, just relying, relaying myself back to that mission. And uh, I feel like I am more purpose driven and mission focused than I am monetary focused, but both go, okay. you know, one and the same essentially. So I would say like that's why I keep the, 
gas pedal on and also because I've been through a lot of fucking tragedy. I've been through so much tragedy yeah. in my life that uh, it's made me appreciate the very simple things in life. So I've lost, uh, I've lost a mom when I was like very young and I lost a brother. He was murdered and I don't want to get you know too deep into these things, yeah. but I'm going to say that a lot of times when you go through these types of situations in your life, all the rest of the shit that happens is like, it pales in comparison to what the actual, let's just say what my actual purpose in life is, which is to, which is to love other human beings and to make their lives as as best as I can within my own power, essentially. Yeah, I totally hear you. Um, that's cool that you shared that with us. I think that um, I can totally understand, you know, it really does put everything into perspective. And I think, um, you know, I'm obviously, I, I'm obviously younger than you, but I think at the same time, I've still been able to sort of see, um, particularly amongst, you know, my friends growing up and things like that, you often find that those whose lives are just like so perfectly easy, um, they sort of aren't able to get any perspective. Mm. Um, it's incredibly interesting. Like, I'll just give you a really ridiculous example. But like, I think um, a girl I, I used to know, I remember she came out of like a, a long-term relationship and it was like the hardest thing in the world for her. And I'm just like, mm. damn, like, how? How is that the hardest thing in the world, you know? Um, you know, you weren't married, you know, it was, there was no engagement. Um, like how was, it's just because the life has been so perfect. So that mm. it's very difficult then to sort of tackle whatever comes next. Yeah, that's, I, so I have a daughter now and then, I almost have to force myself to watch her struggle, right? Oh, wow, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that I need, she needs to struggle because that's the only way she's going to learn on her own and kind of be self-sufficient. <laughs> she's just like four months right now, so I'm being a, I'm being a big dad. But anyways, yeah. so that's I really sweet. <laughs> yeah, so you can't, you can't really grow if you don't have these hard things happening or if you don't actually force yourself to do hard things. So this is the reason why I feel like everyone's trying to toughen themselves up with like physical activity. They're like, I got to do a tough mother so I can prove that I'm like the toughest version of myself. And we have to mm -hmm. do these like outside, outside discomfortable things in order to prove things to ourselves. And we have to do those things because you have to put yourself through really tough shit to understand that you're going to get through the other side, probably stronger. And if you haven't been through really tough shit or if people have not wanted to expose you to these things when they actually happen, you won't know how to deal with yourself. You won't know how to use, how to turn tragedy into triumph. You won't know how to turn grief into meaning. Like these are, these are kind of like the building blocks of how we're able to get better as human beings or hopefully get better as human beings. So yeah, tragedy is a huge part of my life and only because I found a very positive meaning from it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think like, you know, it, it's, I think some of the greater, I think some of genius comes from tragedy in my honest yeah. opinion. Um, like, so I have, I'm a huge fan of Charlie Chaplin. I'll just sort of put that out there. It's like totally random. Um, mm. And personally for me, like he's not just a comedian, like his, his work is just art. Um, and it, and like, the the idea with him is that like he had a very he, his life was very difficult he came from extreme poverty um so it's kind of like tragedy and genius are like never quite sort of far apart mm. in my opinion yeah. um but i do sort of want to like talk a little bit more about your fitness sure um and a lot of the stuff that you tweet um you tweet a lot of stuff about like gender roles um mm. you know sort of male responsibility so there's a lot of like encouragement for sort of like men to be more manly 
if you sort of want to put it like that, right? You know, people talk about like testosterone being on a global all-time low. Yeah. Um, what is going on? The it is the comfort of society that is uh, basically driving everyone down at this very moment. Uh, the more comfortable that we can make everyone, the more that they're they're going to complain, and the more that uh, they're going to rely on other people to do things for them. And one of the most self-sufficient things that you can do is get yourself into shape. It is personal power in a bottle. And quite frankly, if your life is comfortable and you're sitting on watching Netflix and you're getting paid to do it and you have a very comfortable job and you have a very comfortable life, what is it to say that's on you to go and hit the gym and to start eating healthy when everyone else is not? So, right. So you're saying so, it's because it's become like socially acceptable to do nothing, to just sit and very, watch Netflix. Is that what you're saying? I, I think, honestly, the reason why people hire me is because Weight loss is a very uphill struggle in the day that we live in right now. Because number one, you walk outside into the city, you're not gonna see anything but food advertisements. You're not gonna see anything but like McDonald's, go drink this, go eat that, whatever it is. Yeah. You are inundated with so much influence to eat that it's gonna be hard for you to say, okay, well, I don't really wanna hit McDonald's today, you know? like. Literally, it's been subconsciously programmed into you to eat these foods. So that's like the first thing. The second thing is you have to deal with everyone else's food habits around you. That just makes it fucking hard, you know? So what what I like to do with my particular clients is literally get them back to homeostasis, you know? Which is? Uh, which is not a six-pack for them. It's not about like being a six-pack and looking like Arnold or looking like Brad Pitt from Fight Club. Literally, it's just about being able to take off their shirt at the beach and not feel fat, right? right. I, I want to get them down. And literally, I say this to them all the time. I'm just like, I'm just trying to create a body that's preventable from avoidant diseases. Yeah. And, and if we are able to do that, then guess what? You're going to look a lot better, too. And you're going to feel a lot better. And, um, and personally, for me, I, again, I look at it as an uphill struggle for a lot of people, obviously. The, the numbers are not lying to us at this very moment. So it is very hard for people to get in shape. And it, the, the government and society is not making it any easier at all. It's actually making it harder. It's really interesting. And, you know, sometimes food has a huge part to play in it. And you keep mm. those delicious looking mangoes um, and you showed mm -hmm. us how to cut it. I watched it. It was like, you got to yes. cut it like this way. That's super cool. Yeah. I'm going to try that. But that's really interesting. So I want to get your thoughts. Like what mm. would be a good sort of really sort of light kind of diet sort okay. thing to do? Because I've been doing something really bad all of my life. Okay. I'll hands down admit that now. I okay. have a, I have like an, I wouldn't call it an addiction, but I have like a love of cereal. Mm -hmm. And um, that I think is just going to stay with me until I'm a grandma. Like, and cool. I've, I've tried recently to <laughs> to change my breakfast, but I can't. I'm not. I'm not having like super sugary cereal. It's mm. just like it's like even like like bran flakes or something. I just love the milk and the cereal. And, mm, I love it every morning. But yeah. apparently, that's not a great breakfast. That's what I've been. That's what I've had. <laughs> well, it depends, right? The way I look at breakfast is dependent upon energy needs. So if you are walking around and you're walking about the city, you're doing 10,000, 15,000 steps, and you're just like super active. And I'd be like, yeah, you should be eating like a, you know, breakfast cereal or whatever it is. And you said something very interesting, too, which was like, I feel like something like I feel bad, or eating cereal is bad, or whatever. 
I personally feel with every single person that they should get rid of the good or bad mentality. It's like, okay. I ate a cake. Therefore, I'm bad. I ate a cake, you know? <laughs> I love you know? the girly and, accent. I love the yeah, girly accent. Thank you. <laughs> but what people do is they are vilifying food that they see on an everyday basis. And you love to eat cereal, right? So why not figure out a way to eat a diet that has cereal as a part of it? Right. And you talked about my mangoes before. So I remember my friend Marshall, he posted this thing about fruit. He's like, you know, uh, something like unpopular opinion. Fruit doesn't make you fat. And all these fruit, all these fruit people were just like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Like all this kind of stuff. And, and the thing is, like, you don't want to make any food bad. Yeah. If you like it, then you should incorporate it within reason and within responsibility. So the first thing that I would love to do is, is just like to look at food as cost rather than look at food as like a good or bad type of thing. It's almost like I'm going to go to um, what's like a, it's like they have a CVS or something like that or a drugstore in the UK. Yeah. You have yeah, a drugstore in the UK? It's like a drugstore. It's like you go there and you can buy like your oh, hair gels and like, and... yeah, like a pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, like a, pharmacy. a chemist. We'll call it a yeah. chemist. Okay, a chemist. But yeah. let's just say this, you know, like we're, you go to the chemist or I think I'm doing it the wrong way right here. Let's just say you're going to Best Buy. Do you have a Best Buy or whatever? We don't right. have a Best Buy. Okay. We don't have okay. that either. Come on. So you're, you're walking in some department store. You're looking at clothing, right? Yeah. And, then, and then this is how I look at food. I look at food from a cost perspective rather than looking at food from a good or bad perspective. So if you're going to buy a leather jacket, so to speak, you would measure out okay, well, how much do I have in my bank account? Uh, how much am I willing to spend on a leather jacket? Uh, do these things correlate with the leather jacket that I'm seeing in front of me? I would like to break it down to a math level of whether or not you should be taking that in at that point. And if I, 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 ask, this, I ask this question to my clients all the time. So I'm like, okay, how much is a uh, performance Model 3 Tesla? And they'll be like, yeah. boom. It's like 70K, whatever it is, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. How much does a 100 gram banana cost your body? Yeah. And then they're like, well, what do you mean, right? Like, I'm just saying, like, what's the cost? And they would say, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I'd be like, well, the cost would be 60 calories or 70, 80 calories or whatever. Right, it is. right. It would be however many carbs that you get with those. And I just like to break things down to a math perspective. I so if see. you actually were just objective about your foods and you knew what the cost is to bring out, to, to intake any one of these things, that would, that would take you a, a very long way instead of uh, saying that you have to cut out carbs for the rest of your life or that you have to not eat cereal for the rest of your life. Yeah, I get you. It's kind of just like, I get, no, I, I hear that a lot. You know, it, there's no sort of one food which is horrendous. It's sort of just like a balance if you could, um, you know, weigh up with how much you've had or whatever it is. I guess that's sort of what you mean by cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's exactly what I mean. It's it's just knowing exactly what you're putting into your body rather than reacting to the emotions or the whims, right? And a lot of times, like when people eat, they're not eating because they're hungry. They're eating because they're they're really trying to deal with some sort of emotion that's going through their their brains. And <laughs> so I'll true. be honest, I work with some of those. I I work with politicians, musicians, and yeah. freaking New York Times bestsellers. They all have, not all of them, but a, a big number, probably 90% of them have an issue 
with emotional eating to some degree. Mm-hmm. So this is what I mean. If you're happy, let's go fucking eat. Let's go yeah. to the Lebanese place, right? Mm, oh, you're sad? Let's, you're sad? Let's go, let's go get some drinks and let's go eat some pizza, you know? Yeah. Or get some ice cream. Or, hey, you, let's celebrate with like this and that and that type of food. So we have tied food to our rewards, our emotions. And then what, what I have to do is literally detie and make people objective. And then just to make people like think a little bit deeper about the food decisions that they're making. I'm with you. People are self-medicating with food, getting fat, getting unhealthy. And it's time for that to stop. So guys, like if you want to, you know, change your life, follow Dan Go. Yeah, for sure. I I, change your life. I I truly believe that. I truly believe that. Because I've seen yeah, I don't want to talk shit about the advice that I see on Twitter, but yeah, I've seen some. It's okay. Can I go on? Stuff. Just go on, just really quickly. Give us like yeah. one bad piece of advice that you've seen on Twitter. Okay. The most horrendous piece of advice it's, that you've well, seen. The 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 worst one that I see with startup investors that I see with cryptocurrency okay. guys. Actually, I've seen this with a cryptocurrency guy. So, it is the the proliferation of doing a highly restrictive diet with cardio. So. They're like, I dropped 20 pounds and I just did cardio and I just did a diet. And when we pull up their DEXA scan, so we do a body fat test. The de- it's called a DEXA scan. And this is like the most accurate representation of body fat, bone density, and muscle. So, mm-hmm. so we do these DEXA scans with them and we see, okay, so let's see exactly what happened. So I've had clients doing the exact same thing that I said, which is like losing weight with cardio and diet. Yeah. They end up gaining back all the weight, except yeah. when they redo their DEXA scans, they are, they are significantly less than muscle. They have lost the, they have lost about a hundred points on their metabolic rate per day. Right. And that's the, the reason why that happens. And the reason why I think that's the death knell for anyone trying to lose weight is because you burn muscle and muscle is one of the things that metabolism relies on. And when I, when it comes to cardio in general, it's like taking a teaspoon and trying to empty out a pool. It's, it's not as effective as people think. And, uh, and I know you lift, obviously. And personally, <laughs> for me, like lifting is one of the best investments that you can do if you're above the age of like 20. And yeah. especially if you're above the age of 30 or 40, we start <laughs> losing muscle at a, at a very rapid pace. So lifting with a proper diet that's not highly restrictive is one of the best things that I do for my clients. Well, I see that someone is already agreeing with you. Andrew oh, yeah. says, you know, Andrew. 100%. Oh, that's my homie right there. What's up, Andrew? Is it? Yeah, hey, Andrew. Yeah, what's up, in. Andrew? Yeah, nice to see you. Cool. All right. We are just over half an hour. So, Dan, give us your final thoughts. Um, yeah, just give us your final thoughts. You know, give us something inspirational. I'm going to put you on full screen for okay. this. Let's see, okay. let's see if I can navigate it. I can. Woo. Go. Well, let's preface this by saying I'm not in my real house right now i'm actually in my in my wife's old bedroom when she was like 16 18 years old so i have this live laugh love thing behind me so this is not this is not in my house i just want to say that up front for anyone who follows me i would not allow this in my house but my final thoughts are just be the best that you can possibly be i feel like the first thing that you should do in order to reach your full potential is to develop and create an amazing high performing body that is the precursor. And then afterwards, you can go out and make your money or whatever it is. But health is the number one meta habit. It is the habit that does 
that makes everything easier for you. I have seen people increase their income, find their partners, their life partners. I have seen people like leave their careers and start newer, exciting ones, ones that they want to be in. And in general, changing your body is a net positive for everything in your life. So I'm going to say this, please take your health seriously. And uh, yes, if you need help with this, then uh, give me a shout on Twitter, wherever it is, shoot me a DM. Dan, thanks so much. Thank you. It's been it so awesome. cool having you. All right, I'm going to yeah. end the broadcast and I'm just going to thank everyone for tuning in um, and thank Icon Plus because they powered this. So they're super cool. So guys, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you Thursday next week. It's 12 Eastern and 5 UK time. Cool. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye. Yeah.